Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and that guy on the other side of the YouTube screen is Dusty. What is going on, Dust? What's up, dude? I am so excited that we did Tango and Cash. I mean, I haven't watched this movie in a very, very long time. And honestly, I would have to say I fell in love with Cash's gun as he's running around. So everybody watches this on YouTube. So I have my 44 Magnum. It's a revolver. It's probably what Cash is actually running around with. He might have a 357, but <laughs> just so funny seeing him run around with this big honking thing. And so what I did is so everybody watching, you can see this, but um, I put a scope I taped, I used electrical, electrical tape. tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways, it's hilarious. But seeing them running around with these huge guns and see Arnold, or, uh, sorry, Sylvester Stallone pick, bring up this little pea shooter and shoot at the semi-truck. I'm like, my goodness, I know so much more now about guns and everything. <laughs> but yeah. fun, I had a great time. How about you? I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. And you just brought up that little pea shooter, that little snub-nosed revolver didn't they have a sense? I mean, Dirty Harry was already out. We saw, we, we've we seen Clint Eastwood with a gigantic gun. Like, we know what good big guns look like. Why did they choose? What was the reason behind a little snub-nosed revolver right there? If you can see from progression, they had, obviously, or Tango had a little tiny gun. Cash had his big monstrous gun that he runs around with. But the progression, when he goes and talks to his, um, uh, Cash's, uh, What's 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 the James Bond Q. guy that is it not Q Q? Yes, he goes and talks to Q and gets all these great toys. You can see the progression. They're getting these these types of gun revolvers, and then they go and get actual um, semi-automatic pistols that have magazines come out. And so, and then also another thing that I saw the um, rifles that they grabbed at the very very end. Those are monstrously those huge, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah, they're so big. It's like, it's not any better. I mean, all you really need is a barrel and a bullet and a trigger that put like all that bulky stuff all around it. I was like, oh my goodness, that's just, they try to make it much more futuristic than it needs to be. But man, enjoy. I enjoyed the movie. How about you? Yes, I enjoyed it as well. It was just as fun as I remember watching it as kids. I mean, this came out in 89. I was born 77, so I was 12 when we watched it. We probably, you know, mom probably rented and brought it to us. I was 12. You were 10. Uh, really fun movie. Uh, uh, and I, I highly recommend it. Anybody who hasn't seen it, I mean, it's a great 89, not 89, 90s, early 90s, late 80s action movie that I recommend. Yeah, it was made in 1989. And I'm thinking of other movies that came out and obviously you have Rambo. And I thought it was hilarious when uh, Tango said Rambo was a pussy. And I was yeah. like, oh, that, that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun making fun of that stuff. And as you're watching it, I'm thinking of the synthesizer playing dude, like like Eddie Murphy's. Um, what's Eddie Murphy's? Um, Belly Hills Cop. Yeah. And so this has the same exact like synthesizer music and everything. So it's absolutely an 80s movie. And But throughout the story, um, there were some parts that got me really tense. Were there any parts inside of the movie that got you really tense? Not tense. I was feeling a lot of frustration for Tango and Cash being set up in the courtroom scene. You get all these experts to come in who are obviously on the take, and that would be so frustrating if you were these two honest, really good cops being set up. I felt their frustration. 
But I don't it know was about for me. Scenes. It, uh, for me, it was when they were inside the prison, not necessarily going through the prison, getting put in their cell and everything. Obviously, you, it's it's tense there. But literally, when they're getting they're strung up with chains, getting dipped in the water, I got tense there. I was like, "Oh my goodness, like, these are evil." people and i'm looking at all the evil people that are inside the prison that are just rooting for them to literally be murdered and tortured they're all excited i'm like man that is that it got me tense and i got me mad for them but in all um it was a fun ride like ups and downs the storytelling was fairly decent and i the one thing i did appreciate because nowadays in all the movies now all the bad guys they try to play off as good i'm a happy guy i'm a nice guy i'm on your side and then that's the bad guy. You already always know it. This one, you know who the bad guy is from the beginning. I loved it. Yeah, it's one of those. There's no twists, no, no plot story, no twist villains or anything like that. And you know that Jack Palance is the bad guy from the from the get. But that was an interesting thing to me. Like, so Jack Palance wanted to, he wanted to make these guys suffer, give them pain. But like he's a smart businessman, plus he's evil. It his plan made no sense. His two lieutenants questioning him on everything that made total sense because his plan was idiotic. He doesn't want to kill them and turn them into martyrs. But they're just going to be two dead cops in a month from now. Nobody's going to know, and you're going to have these two big pains in your ass off the street. Nobody even knows. Like when they found out who the bad guy was, they never even go, "It's him." Like they never even knew who the guy was in the first place. How is killing them? Um. Uh any worse than their, his own plan. I thought his plan was too convoluted. I thought his plan was actually very good. And I'll really? tell you why mm-hmm. up until the very end where they are electrocuting him, literally just kill him. Like put it like, that's the time that you kill him. And so here's my thinking why it was a good plan up until they got broken out of jail or broken out of prison. So what I'm seeing is you have a bad guy who has a criminal enterprise with lots and lots of history of bad things going on. And Tango and Cash putting hundreds and hundreds of people away and all these cases. If you frame them, if they look like bad cops, everything that they've done in the past can actually be overturned. Like, hey, they did something bad and this let's look back into everything else and maybe plant some evidence here of how this case was bad. Let's throw that one out and unravels all their previous cases. That's my thinking. What It'd be really good. But where it fell apart, my Monday morning quarterback is literally kill them. Like torching them is just stupid. That's just... And eventually, obviously, we see they you know get let out, but literally just kill them because your plan was to get them in prison, which would be great to get all your other uh, nefarious deeds actually be hopefully looked at again and get washed out, washed away, and then Tango and Cash are gone because that was his goal is to kill them. He said, "What makes you think they'll ever get out?" You know that, that's that's how he, he wanted them in there and it's going to die, which everything was leading up really well, other than just literally kill them right then and there. Yeah, I agree. That was my Monday morning quarterback, but it wasn't to set them up in prison, set them up in anything, just to kill them outright. But I really like your idea. It's too bad the filmmakers didn't put that motivation behind the character. If he would have said three lines, we frame him now, we can get our cohorts out of jail, we can we can overturn these other rulings, it would make a lot more sense. But his plan of just not wanting them to be martyrs, no sense whatsoever. I know, man. Mm-hmm. And... As you go through the movie, it is fun though. You see, um, oh shoot, what's that act? Or sorry, the director, the main director. His brother was in the. He was Slinky. Um, what's his name? Ron Howard and Clint Howard. Yes, Clint Howard. Clint Howard's in this, and he's acting like a psycho and everything. And I, I just, I really liked. I appreciated how both Cash and Tango, throughout every scene, it seemed like they were the same character. Like they didn't 
go out of character or like they, they played really well. Um, what did you think about Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell teaming up together in a movie like this? I loved it. I think they're two great actors. They're fun to watch. They've got a lot of charisma on screen. Like you want to see them do whatever they're doing, action or even the banter back and forth. I loved it. They were like a great odd couple, but an action cop odd couple. And we've seen those a million times, 48 hours, lethal weapon. I mean, that's that's old news, but I think these two did a really good job. And and one of the interesting things, uh, you know, if you go to IMDb for any movie, they have trivia and stuff. Actually, originally, uh, Kurt Russell was offered the role of Riggs in Lethal Weapon and that he turned it down for whatever reason. But then this character of Cash was kind of based on Martin Riggs. Like, like handsome, good-looking guy, doesn't care about the rules, big, long, wavy hair. Like, there was a lot of stuff that was exactly Riggs. I mean, you could have uh, named him Riggs and it could have been an offshoot, like, uh, 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 Riggs story it could have been, you know? That's interesting. I had no idea. Um... I, I can't even think of who would be actually a better Martin Riggs. I think Mel Gibson did a phenomenal job. I think Cash, the character of Cash was excellent. Like how he played it, it just were, for Kurt Russell was really, really good. I could just see him embody that character. The only one out of the three being Mel Gibson, Kurt Russell, and Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone surprised me. Like I didn't see him being being able to pull off this character like not really a pompous yeah maybe pompous a little bit but like um just straight straightforward up you know like a banker type of person um other than did you see the movie oscar oh of course yeah oscar's a great movie and he is a mafia guy trying to turn into bankers he said that's where the money is and so he was trying to act all that so i could tell sylvester sloan he has some pretty decent acting chops now it's not necessarily too hard to like put put away like the cranky rough exterior and like you know act a little more straight laced but i thought he did a really good job i thought kurt russell's character it was a good difference between you have um two different cops two different uh characters and the uh, bad cop and worst cop i love that i mean everything was really really enjoyable about this now i have one other monday morning quarterback is why did they let ponytail stay there and not either kill him or which they're police officers arrest him and literally call and say, I have this guy or, you know, lock him up or do something instead of just leaving him there. And he comes back and kidnaps your, your sister. And then you, everything goes to crap. Exactly. Huge mistake right there. Right. They just left a big, they just left a big baddie who set them up. Like he, because of his and his or him, ugh, I'm sorry, because of him and his actions, they ended up in jail. And you're absolutely right. A bad guy. You do not want to leave alone. That guy, uh, not that and they he also killed. killed oh, go ahead. He also killed Matt, the um, the guy that the, the uh, assistant warden that let him out. Mm-hmm. He even, like you said, he slid him ear to ear, and so he actually killed him. So that all that combined, it, it does lead into you know fun in the movie. But you know he <laughs> comes back and all that. Yeah, he comes back and you know eh, they actually do a fist fight thing. But yeah, I thought that was one thing. I was like, why are you leaving him there? Yeah. This guy yeah. is like a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this movie has a ton of cliches like that, right? Action for just action's sake. Boobies here and there just just to see boobies in the <laughs> show, right? You get that. And then also so dumb. Yeah, out of nowhere. At the very end of the movie, you get um uh, a mirror scene like you see in uh uh various James Bond movies like The Man with the Golden Gun, I think, and some other movies like a a, a funhouse mirror scene for no reason, just to have a mirror scene. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Sky 
you have exactly one of those inside of your house. I don't know why you think that's wrong. <laughs> a room with a bunch of mirrors. You know, everybody has those. So it's normal. They do. It I'm is normal, <laughs> but it's just a cliched thing. And I use it every day, maybe every other day for sure. I look, look at, at yourself at like, every oh, I, angle. Yeah. yeah. Every <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> For sure. But just, you know, one of those cliched things and so many just cliched uh, movie things. But I really did. Like I said earlier, I enjoyed the back and forth banter. You could tell these two cops, they've been in opposite precincts in the same city. They want to be the best cops pulling off the biggest bus and everything. And they compete in newspapers, you know, like he's at the top of the front page. He's on the bottom half of it. Like pretty fun stuff. And I like that interaction between them. And we cannot miss something you brought up or we can't overlook it too quickly. How spectacular was Kurt Russell's hair? That was just so beautiful, just flowing and just graceful. I was like, man, those are the 80s. That is awesome. For sure it was, man. He just had big hair band kind of hair. Not that big, not like Twisted Sister big, but it was pretty darn big and luscious. And um, it just it just goes to show, like, if I get long hair it just kind of goes up and out everywhere and it's kind of wavy it didn't look I, I could not pull off his look although i would love to be able to if i could i would guaranteed so now i thought it was a little quirky that the main bad guy had pet rats or mice it's just like or they weren't rats they were mice but like that's just a little quirky it's just a little weird and he's like cuddling with his, his his face and everything i was like oh okay that's a little weird yep just one of those quirks the bad guys have to have. You know, he can't just be a straight up regular bad guy. So what did you think about the SUV? The SUV from hell, I think is what they call it. Like that's the monster, monster, awesome machine. What do you think about that? I loved it. That's the one prop I would take away from this movie for sure. Just absolutely loved it. I, and it, it, as soon as I saw that, I realized to myself, hold on, they got a Q who just made that weapon. Maybe they were trying to do a franchise and maybe the movie was unsuccessful in theaters. Like, why didn't we see a part two, a three, and a four like that? They could have built it out over many years. I don't understand it. That's really interesting. And yeah, and the way that the um, the, the windshield goes all the way to the front as opposed to it stops and then they have the engine come out, things like that. Yep, who knows? Maybe because that looked, they, they fully, fully made an entire vehicle. I mean, mm -hmm. it was moving and all that stuff. It's it's pretty pretty legit. That did you did you see any brand name? I don't remember seeing a brand. I didn't name on see it. Ford or Chevy or nothing on it. No, it was probably just I, custom man, body on top of a whatever chassis. You know, I would literally be the first in line if Ford put out this truck with a minigun on the side I that know. I could drive around and hey, don't mess with me, everybody. Yep, for sure, that was awesome. But why don't why do you think they didn't turn this into a franchise? I don't know that. That's a good question. Are you, well, you're talking about Tango and Cash yeah, or Tango the, and Cash. the truck? Yeah, Tango and Cash. Um, I don't know. Um, it was good. I mean, it was really entertaining. I did not look up how much money. I usually do, but how much money they make if they actually lost money. But I know they put a lot of publicity into it. But it, was, uh, it looks like... I'm looking it up right now on IMDb. $55 million estimated budget. Cumulative worldwide gross $63 million. So I guess there um, wasn't a big... I guess maybe people were lethal weaponed and 48 hour tired of this stuff, you know? That's a good point because it, it does seem like as movies come out, similar movies come out that copy or emulate other movies that have just came out. They've done fairly well. You know, like you said, 48 hours. That was a pretty, pretty fun movie. Um, lethal Weapon's a really, really good movie. This one had a little bit more humor. Although Sylvester Sloan's really good, but man, he... 
I don't know if he did much more to help the movie to get better. Like, I don't know if he has a star quality to make it that much better. What do you think? I think he has the action chops to make it better. But the interesting thing, I noticed a lot of the comedic elements, the comedic little moments were with him doing the final line, some back and forth between the two and this Vester Stallone final line and then cut to the next scene. Those final lines of his often just didn't hit the mark. They just weren't that funny. Not like they could have been. They could have, and maybe this was a, a mostly Sylvester Stallone driven thing. So he got most of the ending dialogue where it should have been funny quips and stuff. I think it would have been better backwards if a lot of the dialogue was initiated by Sylvester Stallone yeah, that's and then Kurt point. Russell pulled off the finishing touch. That's a good point. And I did say, and the reason why I did say I thought Sylvester Stallone did well in this movie because I thought he did better than I expected him to do. You know, I, I, I thought he did better. But at the same time, I think you could have literally put anybody in there. And I would say anybody. Kurt Russell did a fantastic job. Like, I was bought into him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Tango was kind of like, uh, eh, he's okay. I, I, yeah. Uh, he's okay. You know, so I'm kind of thinking if we had another actor in there, it might have done similar or maybe better, but I don't know. Yeah, I gotcha. I, I would agree with you there. One, They should have put Danny Glover in there. Danny Glover is phenomenal. <laughs> Danny he would have been perfect yep. between the two. For sure, for <laughs> sure, yep. Um, you know who I wasn't a big fan of and I'm just never a big fan of is Terry Hatcher. Just for whatever it is, when I see her on screen, it's Terry Hatcher and I'm just not, I'm not into, I'm not drawn into her character ever in any movie I've ever seen her in. So uh, I, not I never thought fan. about that. Yeah, yeah, I never thought about that. So interesting. I mean, she played just a simple damsel in distress. It, it wasn't that big of a deal, just a common role you see in most action movies, especially from the 80s and 90s and stuff. But um, yeah, I just, uh, nothing to write home about. If like, if there's one I guess acting role, it would be hers in the movie. I guess it's, she's, for me, so unremarkable. It's just uh, like, yeah. ah, she's there. Like, yeah, for so sure. I, but I get it. I get it. So that makes a lot of sense. So with the storytelling, I love the ebb and flow. Like you have a beginning, a lot of chasing, uh, you know, finding you're seeing what Tango and Cash can do. I thought it was rather silly. Uh, Tango driving the car, turning around, shooting at the, the truck. Uh, those, I guess those are the good old days when the police officer could actually shoot at somebody without any reason. Yep. yep. Or, but nowadays, you'd actually literally get arrested if you did something stupid like that. Oh, for sure. But uh, obviously, it's a movie. Yep. But um, yeah, I, I really, really liked it. Now, what is your favorite scene? Or did you already share your favorite scene? No, I didn't share it yet. Um my my number two favorite was the backstage at the dance club with all the boobies. That was number two favorite. My first favorite <laughs> scene, it's, it's a combination of scenes, but it's the idea that after they broke out of prison, now they're going to show how they are detectives. They went to the sound guy, the FBI guy. Whatever, you know, they went to these different guys to figure out what the story was. So they actually put their... Dis they put their detective chops in view of us, or I don't know what the term is. They showed us what they could do detectively, you know, and I enjoyed that aspect of it, like solving, solving their own setup. And I like how it, they took us on a ride. Like they took us on a journey throughout their storytelling process. So you have, you're learning about Tango and Cash. They're learning about the bad guys and then you, they get set up and then they go to like go to court. That feels like that's in itself is a tight little bit of story. Then they go to prison. That whole prison, all that is a tight bit of story, like compacted right there. And then they get out and then they, like you said, become detectives. That's a tight little story. And so I like the progression. I like how it kept moving all the way through. 
I thought they did a really good job story-wise, really entertaining. I would think if it didn't have Kurt Russell, it would not be nearly as good as it was. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you there. There's just something about him, man. He's one of the most charismatic guys. You love seeing him on the screen. When he comes up on Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Fast and the Furious, I mean, anytime you see Kurt Russell is a good time. Yeah, I know. So what is your first lesson? Uh, my first lesson is wear your seatbelts. Those two idiots at the beginning, they're in that fast-moving truck being chased by a helicopter. You guarantee they were chased by Tango in the helicopter for five or ten minutes. Put your seatbelt on. So stupid, slamming on the brakes, flying through the window. You did all that damage to yourself, man. And I love Captain Dynaball, or they call him Conan. You know, first he's called Captain Dynaball, and then he's called, they call him, oh, it's Conan. Um, that guy, that big old jaw, like he has mandibles. It's that big of a jaw. I love it. And um, last last episode, I was talking about my best friend. He's since passed away. But um, we would always love talking about that because we love Tango and Cash watching it, you know, growing up. And he had a big, a fairly good-sized jaw, too. And it's just, I always, and it reminds me of my friend Mike, whenever I see or hear that or think of that, this pig broke my ribs, my leg, and my jaw. Yeah. You broke that jaw. <laughs> really, really good. But um, I think that's a fantastic lesson. Why aren't you wearing your seatbelts? So mine, mine would be, I'm just going to drive around that car and not put on the brakes. Like literally, if there's one, like you, there's, there's dirt roads on the side of you and the car is blocking the road itself, just turn on or, you know, slow down a little bit, go off the side and actually go on the dirt and then come back on the road. Yep. Then you're good to go. And then you don't need to worry about that. But to break either that or like you're a killer, just kill them. Just run into them. Like, what's the big deal? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Now I have a question. Now for I you. personally wouldn't do it, yep. but that's just a lesson. Totally. Totally. Now I have a question for you. Uh, when Tango gets out of the car, he empties his rev revolver and puts in new bullets. My automatic assumption was he's putting in stronger bull stopping kind of bullets. and He's going to shoot that engine to stop it before it gets there. But no, he just kind of shoots to the left and to the right of uh, Captain Dynaball. Were those more accurate bullets he put in his little snub nose? Well, number one, you always put the best bullet. You're a police officer. You put the best bullets in there always, that can do yes. everything. Yeah. You don't want like, oh, here, here's my here's my knife for for this. And then let me, here's another knife for this. And no, you want one knife for everything. Or you want one gun that's going to take care of most of the problems all at once. Like if you see I have this 44 Magnum. If I was a police officer, this is definitely, and I needed a revolver, it'd be something like this or a 357. Like, uh, I think Dirty Harry carried a 44, just mm -hmm. a 44 Magnum, just like this. Um, but I thought it was rather quirky because he takes out bullets. I think it's just to show he's a really patient guy. He's very thoughtful and all that sort of stuff. But he takes out the bullets. Number one, you should have the right bullets in there the first time. But number two, when he puts in the second round of bullets, you can't tell any different. The only thing I was thinking of was he was buying bullets. Oh, actually, I literally have a bullet on my desk. It's I, it's always there for some reason. I think I pulled it out of my pocket one time and I just held on to it. Anyways, if everybody can see this, oh, you probably can't. It's not going to focus very well. But no, okay, we'll go back here. So here's a hollow point. So everybody, if you want to see this, go to um, the watchandlearnpodcast.com forward slash YouTube. We'll put that in the description as well. But you can see it's a hollow point. The reason why it's a hollow point is a full metal jacket is when it's all the way around it. It's all the way around it. And it's, it keeps going like this just keeps going and going. If it's a full metal jacket, this, this one on the other hand, once it hits something, it mushrooms out, it goes like this and then mushrooms out and it doesn't keep going. So all that to say, police officers nowadays always have these for a number of reasons. Number one, 
if it hits you, you're you're literally going down. Like it it expands. But number two, it doesn't keep going and going through walls and hitting a kid that's farther away. You want these to stop as fast as possible. So those those are all the thoughts going literally going through my head as I was watching this. But then he just takes his little pea shooter and shoots the window. I'm like, well, that's just weird. Yeah. Like the bullet itself is not going to help accuracy with that little barrel. Like that barrel was that tiny, tiny barrel. Oh, yeah. Yep. For sure. So what's your first lesson? My first lesson is have an awesome haircut. You want to have a good haircut. You want to be looking dapper and see Sylvester Stallone. It was a little too, uh, too, nah, it's not my style. I need to grow my hair out. I think if Melissa, my wife will let me, I need to grow it out. Actually, I think even more of a mullet. Like if you do more of a mullet, <laughs> he had more of the eighties, like the big, the big, nice hair. Maybe a mullet, but uh, no, it's more of a fun. I, I just loved it. I thought I was like, man, this reminds me of the 80s. <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. And my second uh, uh, um, uh, life lesson comes from hair as well. And it's basically cut your hair when you're on the run from the law. So you see in all those pictures on television and uh, in the newspapers, Cash has that beautiful, luscious hair like we already discussed. And then now he goes to a nightclub full of hundreds of people with the same beautiful, luscious hair. Come on, buddy. Wear a hat or shave that puppy off. Get rid of it so you're less noticeable. <laughs> Not too bright on his Absolutely. part. And your life is on the line. Like, your hair will grow back. Yep. Cut it down. I guarantee be, that's why the like cops it. showed up there. Somebody noticed him, called the cops. They came in force. I would agree. You got to think of... We learn lessons from every movie, but if you watch Thor Ragnarok, he goes from long hair to a nice, you know, trim look. Looks good. Hey, there, that's the way to go for sure, <laughs> for sure. And that led to him now, beating the Hulk as well. So yeah, short hair makes you stronger. I think that's why mine is so short. Short hair makes you stronger. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So my second lesson would have to come down to when I'm looking at the process of um, breaking out of prison. I'm thinking of you have Tango and you have Cash. You have two different plans. Tango, the night before, you almost just got killed. Let's stay there. Or you know you're going to get killed, or at least you perceive that because they might try it again. There's a plan to actually escape. I'm going to flee. Like I'm going to try to get out as fast as possible. Just like, let's say, for instance, and I always carry a pistol on me, like literally every single everywhere I go, unless it's literally uh, against the law to do so. Like in California, you have to have a specific permit. Long story short, I have permits, but it's not for Arizona and up like 50 other states or 50, like 40 other states is valid for, but California, they're really stringent. Long story short, I'm always carrying a pistol on me. And that pistol is just to help me get away and get my family away. I'm not, I'm not a police officer. I'm not a hero. Now, if I need to help jump in and help, I will. But my goal, just like with getting out of prison, is to save my life so I can come back and fight another day or save my family, get my family away so I can come back and fight another day. Yeah, I could not see any reason why Tango would stay there because either way, if you think Matt is setting you up in order to kill you, then you're going to die. But if you stay in prison, you're going to die. Either way, you're going to die. On this other hand, if Matt is a good guy and going to help you, you could potentially escape. So there's only upside here and the same downside to both, you know? So... How in the world, I, this has been bugging me ever since I was, what, 11 years old or, you know, I, I was like 10 years old when it came out. Ever since I was 10 years old, how in the world did Tango get out of the prison to go help him with the blade spinning? Like, you don't get out of your cell just for no reason. Like, I just, that was rather silly. 
Yep, no explanation given. There's, you know, there's no reason. You just got to assume that he busted out or he said, hey, guard, actually, I changed my mind. I'll go on work detail and earn my $2 a pay yeah. or whatever it is, you know. Because he was literally uh, maybe three minutes behind cash. So, you know, because he got out and um, broke down the thing and or cashed it, broke down the wall and went in there, uh, went through the fan and then saw Matt roll down dead. Then Tango came. So he was probably right behind him. He probably like, Maybe two minutes later, hey, you know what, guard? I'm I'm supposed to go with him. Maybe that's I'm just giving him the the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of movies portray the FBI. They end up being the bad guys in the movie, or the CIA, or Chinese people, or or Russia, or whatever it is. We see in movies all the time, prison guards are so easily bought off by the bad guys, and they're willing to kill. They're willing to let bad things happen. Do you think real life prison guards? Do you think they take offense to movies like this? They might. I would assume so. So I worked at the sheriff's office in Fresno County. The sheriff has deputies that are on the streets patrolling, taking care of bad guys. Then there are officers. The officers are actually in the jail making sure the bad guys who are locked up don't break out and don't do other. So I would say and I, I did not know every single one of them. I did not work in there. I was working as an IT guy um, helping all of them. But all of them were just normal, everyday people like us. They just It's a job. You know, they want to help. And so they that's their job. But at the same time, um, you know, I don't see them wanting to risk their life to to um, or to get bought off. Basically, what I would say is they could get a little like, man, this is just stupid. This is unbelievable. There's no way you can buy off the entire prison. There are good people. Now, there probably are a few bad people in there at any prison or any jail. But maybe 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 they get upset. Maybe not. I think they're just like, oh, it's a stupid movie. Yeah, probably. Probably so. What do you think about like this movie has a big bad guy with a million henchmen, just like most other James Bond and movies and stuff. <laughs> How many? Okay, let's say you wanted to run a crazy big empire. Now, I guess that's a bad question because there's plenty of like drug empires with tons of bad guys working for them. It just seems like the dumbest thing to become a henchman for somebody like this, you know? <laughs> I agree. You better be paying me a million dollars a year to be a henchman. At least I'm going to quit or I'm not going to join. Like there's no point. But then again, people down on their luck, they very well could say, Oh yeah, I'll just go do it. But then you have just like every eighties movie, the good guys are shoot like driving and then shooting like this and hitting them when the other bad guys are like, yeah, they're like, they're hitting them just out of their corner of their eye. And then the bad guys are literally straight. They have a scope on them and everything. They're, they're, beaming in on them and they're going to shoot. They miss. It's like shooting all around them, but they, the good guys can literally shoot without looking and hit them. Totally. Totally. Now, did you give us your second lesson? I don't remember. Yes, I did. That was always try to escape. I got get out of bad situations. Okay. Gotcha. Good, good, good. Now I told you my prop was that RV from hell. Is that your same prop or do you have some? Oh my goodness. There's, there's no doubt that it has to be the dress that cash was wearing. (laughs) <laughs> the dress that Cash was wearing, oh, I have to get that. Right. <laughs> You're right. No, no, the, the truck was phenomenal. Um, but one other quick lesson that I had from the movie is think outside the box. So you had Cash thinking of, how do I get out of this place? This is crawling with cops. If I would dress up as a guy, they'd easily find me. Dress up as a woman. I mean, you, that, that, you, he definitely has a somewhat of a slimmer figure. Yeah. Than, uh, and, but obviously, the, one of the cops says, Hey, you're, you know, uh, what does he say? Um, jazzercise lady or something like that. Like you're, you look really fit. Uh, but yeah, so thinking outside the box to get out of there, if you were dressed up as another man, 
they could be easily found him. But this was a way to a way to pull the wool over the cop's eyes. Totally. It was a good, good life lesson right there. I love that one. Uh, let's see. Any last uh, uh, any last things about this movie before we move on? No, I can't think of anything else. Cool. Oh, what, great. We didn't we didn't give our grades. Oh, great. What's your grade? I give this because I would probably watch it again and I had a lot of fun. I'll give it an A minus, even though, like I said, there were some little quirks in there. Um, uh, Sylvester Stallone could have probably been played by somebody else, but he did fine. Um, I gonna, I'm going to give it an A minus because I enjoyed it thoroughly and I would watch it again. Gotcha. Yeah, I gave it a B. Um, I would watch it again. I did enjoy it very much, but... It's, I think, Lethal Weapon, 48 Hours. There's some other better buddy cop movies uh, out there. But if no one's ever seen Tango and Cash, and if you like Sylvester Stone, you like Kurt Russell, you've got to see it. It's highly recommended, even though it is just a B, not an A or A- minus like you gave, you know? Yeah. So, Dust, I want to float something by you for our next week's episode. This whole time... We've always done movies, right? We try to get new movies in theaters, but we do old ones that we know that we like and stuff. I want to try something new because there's a show coming out on Netflix that I really want to watch that is full of good actors, and I'm just hoping it's a really good story. So I want to do the first episode of Space Force starring Steve Carell for next week's episode. What do you think of that? Steve Carell's hilarious. I love The Office hilarious just because steve carell's in there i will i'll give it a chance even though he's been in some pretty crappy movies uh, <laughs> recently like i have so some that i didn't watch because i heard so not just critics but people were saying it was horrible um but i'll give him a chance and it seems like it's gonna be fun but we'll see yeah i'm hoping so i'm hoping it's gonna be fun so we'll definitely let's do try that. it but my idea is let's just do the first episode I don't want to, you know, sit down for two, three, and four, that kind of thing. But the grade that I want to go by, so after we watch it, you know, we always give movies a grade. Let's let's grade this one on binge-worthy, slow binge, or not going to complete, right? So those are, those are the three grades we can give it after we watch just the first episode. And if we both give it that binge-worthy title or grade, let's then maybe do the last episode after we binge it. How does that sound? The yeah, first that sounds and the good. last episode. Yes. So, but both of us have to say it's binge worthy. It has. Yeah. It, yeah. Because I'm not going to do it. Yeah. If you think it's binge worthy and I don't want to watch it, I'm not going to go. I'm not going <laughs> to force myself to watch all 10. Yeah. We both have to absolutely. be binge worthy. Yes, absolutely. I, right. I just watched um, uh, Killer. Is it Killers? Or it was it was the Nazi the uh, on Amazon, um, not on Netflix, but on Amazon. They have the, I think it's. Yes. Really entertaining. I mean, really, really good. And honestly, I am. It's so watching this TV show or this Amazon show, you see history that you didn't really know. Like the United States literally took criminals, in my opinion, criminals. And I don't see how anybody would not think they were criminals. These scientists who were literally criminals in the Nazi, the, the National Socialist regime, the Nazi regime, their National Socialist killing and murdering so many, many people, the United States States said, well, Russia is going to take them and bolster their science. We should take them, give them immunity. They, they teach us or they, they do things for us and we'll give them immunity. Things, if you watch it, it literally, things like this literally did happen. It's so, in my opinion, they literally created, they did so many, so much murder, like thousands or millions of Jews destroy or killed 
these guys should have went to a, a right in front of firing squad. I don't, that, that's my opinion. But anyways, watching that was like, wow. And I literally looked it up. I was like, okay, they say one thing is operation paperclip. Is that true? Like, are they making up for the TV show or is it actually true? And what's, they break the third wall or fourth wall. They break the fourth wall in it, in the, the show. And they look at the camera and said, yes, this actually did that's happen. Interesting. And I'm like, whoa. And I pull it up and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like there's literally a wiki page that's been created a long time ago on Operation Paperclip and oh my goodness. Yeah. Cool. So, so do you recommend watching I'm looking that forward show? to it. I do. Okay. I do. I'll check it out then because I've been thinking about watching. You just hadn't pulled the trigger on watching that first episode yet. But next week, definitely Space Force. So looking forward to that. So thank you very much, everybody, for listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for those eyeballs as well. You heard what we think about Tango and Cash, our life lessons, our Monday morning quarterback, some of our favorite scenes and stuff. We want to hear what you think. So please visit the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash tango and cash, and just leave a comment right there. Alrighty, once again, thank you very much. My name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Space Force. <laughs>